Hey, it's EDB. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett. And if you're listening to this when it's released, then it's November 30, 2022. And that means you're ready for our Wednesday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Yay! Well, good morning. 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 It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Would you be mine? For a perk, I'll leave Brother Dennis at home. He He's a humbug anyway, so we'll make sure that he's not there. Excuse me? Brother Dennis been talking earlier. Yeah. He's just trying to be funny this morning, that's all. Oh, okay. I was just just making sure he was there. I was like, all right. Anyway, this morning we're going to go and get ourselves together for this Wednesday morning. Uh, I hope that you had an opportunity to kind of get those pounds off, maybe go do a little exercise, a little walking around the neighborhood or something. Uh, Y'all do know we're going to have a walk in uh, about 11 days from now on Saturday, December 10. So, you know, if you... If you haven't got those pounds off by then, then we'll we'll help you take care of that uh, on Saturday, December 10th, down at the Pagoda. But that's then, this is now, and this morning, if there's anything that's on your brain, I'll take a cup of tea if you don't mind. If you got some Pepsi, that'll be even better. Go ahead and put it on about four or five blocks of that big old ice you got there while you're in the freezer. And uh, if you have any prayer requests while somebody's making me a cold cup of Pepsi uh, that you would like to express uh, something that might have been on your mind and you saw on Rachel Mindow, Mama Bell was talking about the conversations happening. We're still sending our prayers out to the folks down in Chesapeake with the Walmart shooter. And then there was, uh, I believe there were two other incidences that occurred in Virginia Beach, they came after. This must be Attack Walmart Day. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we pray and send our thoughts out to, to them. It's a funny thing I told grandmother the other day. I'll just throw this right there. It's a funny thing they're attacking all these stores and the Walmart trucks is running the idiot. Every time a store gets attacked, the Walmart trucks pick up. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying what I see. <laughs> so we'll just send our thoughts and our prayers and then stay home. And Sam Walton said, we know our stores ain't safe. We'll bring your groceries and stuff to you. Knock on the door three times and then walk off, leave them at the door. But nonetheless, we send our prayers. Is there any other concerns that may be on your brain? Yes, then we'll definitely uh, take.
take them quietly as uh, we pray before we move on. Mama Bell's got nothing pressing to talk about. She watches the news all morning. All right. Well, my dear grandmother's going to pray for us in just a moment. Then Mama Bell is going to play. And then we're going to uh, focus our attention on the book of John. Chapter 1, verse 10. Mind if I just read it to you right now before they pray over our time together. Verse 10 of chapter 1 in John says, He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. We're going to talk later today from that text. John chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. My dear grandmother and then Mama Bill. Gracious and all wise fathers, we come this morning. We come first to tell you thank you. We thank you, Mr. Father, for all you have done, all you're doing. And all you're going to do, be saying thank you. We thank you, O oh God, as you woke us up this morning with new mercies, new strength, new abilities to go forth and to praise your holy name. Help us as we go today, that we will be a light, a shining light in this dark world. Wherever we go, men and women might see you in our lives, that we might witness for you this day, God, and teach us, O oh God, as we walk. Help us to walk worthy of you. Help us to be that inspiration to all that we see and do today. We just thank you this morning, God. We praise you. Bless this audience this morning, God. Look upon them, God. You know what each one of us stand in need of. And we ask asking you, oh God, take control. The battle is not ours. The battle is yours. Help us to rest in you and trust you and obey you. We just thank you for this opportunity, and we say thank you. And we give your name all the honor, all the glory, all the praises. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.
God is good. Praise the Lord. God is good. Albert Einstein, Madam C.J. Walker, George Washington Carver, Hanny Crosby, Booker T. Washington, Mona Lisa. What do all of these individuals have in common? Their commonality is that their respect, their notoriety, all preceded them. You look at someone like a Dr. Martin Luther King, now at least in my generation and between the 80s and the late 2000s, the the world was severely saturated by his name. It was Dr. King, Dr. King, I have a drink, Dr. King, Birmingham jail, Dr. King, let them ring, Dr. King. And yet, when you check the Nielsen ratings and the posters from the CBS to the ABC to all of these different uh, media sources, you will find that in his day, Dr. King was one of the most unpopular leaders on planet Earth. As a matter of fact, there were some who argued that even in his final days, it was the race to who would put him down first white man or his own people. There were some who decided that instead of looking at the great work that he had done or the contributions that he was trying to make to society, Dr. King, I'm referring to, they would rather focus on his extramarital affairs, the fact that he actually wanted a white woman instead of Coretta. Now, I'm not here to litigate those issues. They can stand on their own two feet, those uh, cases or charges, if you will. What I'm here to discuss is a very significant part of the not-American story but seemingly the humanity story. Humanity has a severe problem with noticing people of significance. Humanity has a a severe problem with pointing out those who are designed to do good exploits in the world. Humanity has a good problem with dismissing 
it makes more sense why the text was created or written. Be very careful how you entertain strangers because it's possible that you're entertaining an angel unaware. One in five individuals in our society have found themselves at the bitter bottom of the spectrum. Nobody believes in Oprah until one day she ended up on CBS and then turned over to ABC. As a matter of fact, she was fired from one of the uh, broadcast studios uh, uh, put down for Barbara Walters. She wanted to be the next Barbara Walters, and they told her, did the people, that Oprah had no talent and would not survive in the media world. Who be careful how you entertain strangers. Mr. Kentucky Fried Chicken, the colonel, who sent off his patented chicken recipe and tried to make restaurants, and all the way to his late 60s, they decided to crucify his abilities and say that he wasn't nothing. And it wasn't until the man died that his restaurants started to take hold. Be careful how you entertain strangers. I find that even in reading, if I can just give you one or two more examples and I'll leave you alone. I read the book about Mr. Obama and how when he decided that he was going to run for president, they Oh, a black man can't get the job done. It's no way possible. He's just a little punk kid from the south side of Chicago. You're going up against the powerhouses, the Rockefellers and the Bloombergs and the Bidens and the Clintons. No way to defeat those individuals. And then somewhere around the river bend, here comes the first African-American president of these states tonight. Oh, be careful how you entertain strangers. My last point to leave you with this moment of thought the guy that uh, is, dare I say, sweet 16. You look at the numbers from electoral perspective, barely made it in the polls, barely won in various areas. As a matter of fact, this particular part of the of the nation decided that he was the worst option 
of all the candidates, and, and there will be nothing good that will come out of them. And yet most African-American boys and girls, men and women, children of all ages can somehow link. They are willing to express, should I say, willing to deal, willing to admit, willing to entertain the fact that if it wasn't for a guy that about 34% of the nation thought was a bad idea, but that guy not only became sweet 16, but signed a little document, you might have heard of it, called the Emancipation Proclamation, which led to the 13th Amendment that made certain that the African-American person was free. I find this fascinating to read this text because it's interesting how even in our communities, our churches, our political arenas, we're always praying and begging for the answer. We're praying and begging for ideas. We're praying and begging that someone will come along and can have what it takes to to pull us out of our situations and turn our communities around, our churches around, our homes around. And then when the people start showing up, they're like, oh, go get in the line. We had a prayer meeting now. All of these individuals who are sitting in the back of the church, in the back of the city hall chamber, totally being dismissed, having the coats flown over their heads like they were the coat racks, when they were just begging to be heard. I found in, in this moment of thought, more I told you, I come to church for therapy. I read the Bible. That is my medication. Because when you read, it makes sense to you how folks do you. The scriptures declare that the Bible was written for our forelearning that through faith and belief of the scriptures, we can have hope. This is your medication. You go and see, oh, they did this stuff before. In case you didn't get that interpretation from that particular text, we got another one to throw at you to increase and put more fire to our argument. Brother Solomon. When he said over in Ecclesiastes, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. In other words, ain't nothing that we ain't never seen before. Ain't nothing that we've never done before. When you see that, you can always go back and trace it somewhere else in the background. He came unto his own. That's the second reality that I would like to point out because if there's anybody that you can count on that's going to hurt your feelings, 
there's anybody that you can count on that's going to put you down in some cases, if anybody that you want to count on, it's your own. It's nothing personal. It's it's not like they're vindictive or out to get you. But I like to believe that that is the enemy's tactic. He knows that's the closest peer to you. Mama Bell, the mayor, might call you and tell you you're an old battle axe, but you ain't going to pay no attention to that because you don't like him no way. Uh, but if Micah says that, it might sting a little bit. Uh-huh. I guess so. The enemy knows how to use the people closest to us to cause us the most pain. There was a passage over there that, that speak to this and kind of made me think a little bit. When you get further into the Easter story, we're talking about Jesus during this Advent season of Christmas. We're paralleling and kind of introducing him to us. And so uh, please forgive us if we go off uh, the Christmas path, if you will. We're on it. It's all about his birth, and his birth leads to all of these different actions that are, we're referring to, this text and, and various others. But you go over and you get to the Easter story, and, and it's something that I want to point out because I feel like it speaks to this, at the Garden of Gethsemane. When Judas came to uh, betray Jesus, he called Judas his friend. And then when Peter went to defend him, he called him the devil. That's fascinating to me. Why is the man that comes to betray you your friend and the person who tries to save you is your enemy. Well, it's simple. Peter was on mission unknowingly to destroy the plan, the overall progression of Jesus. There was no way that we could have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There was no way that he could rise from the grave with all power in his hand, holding the keys to death and hell. There was no way that he could sit on the right hand of the Father being the mediator for us, our mediator, our intercessor. That's the word I'm looking for. That all that would have been lost if Peter had had his way. And so his own became a hindrance. Sometimes your own family can block you from your purpose because they can't bear to see it. Mama can't bear to watch her son in pain. Mama can't bear to watch her son get beat up. Daddy can't bear to watch his daughter run through the mud like a, like a piece of trash. 
And then mama and grandmama and daddy and grandpa, because of their product, because of what they've been through, they, they try to shield their young, but they're shielding their young on old realities. So don't go mess with them white folks because they don't like you. Well, they didn't like you. But because of the pain and suffering that you experience, it makes it hard for you to embrace that my friend could be white or Chinese or Mexican or Indonesian or Japanese. It's not any harm. It's just a product of your environment. Sometimes, as I mentioned and I move on, that product can hinder the next generation. And then my final point, and I'm going to get out your hair. I know you have things to do today. I appreciate your time. The final point I would like to make here is a personal one. That personal one is to understand and to not be offended. Don't be offended by people's rejection. I've learned that in these last couple of weeks. Don't be offended because they walk off. It's all right. They don't know what you're doing. Don't be offended because they didn't call your name. It's all right. They don't know what you're doing. Don't be offended because they didn't give you an endorsement or a pat on the back. Don't worry. They didn't know what they were doing. They have no clue. Because if they had known, if they had known, if they had really saw that supporting you benefited them, if they had really looked at it and peeled back the onion and got to the allergic induced section, maybe if I just get on the background and catch on to this boy's tail or this girl's tail, I might go 12 steps higher than I could ever go. But they didn't know that. They didn't know that sometimes taking the back seat means that I can get a better job than I would have got in the front seat. Well, they didn't know that. If they had known, they wouldn't have done it. If they had known, the disciples wouldn't have walked off. They would have had a massive revival meeting right there at the cross, but they didn't know. If they had known the people that was gambling and putting in wages for his clothes, if they had known that he wasn't really going to the grave, he was just going to take a little dirt nap, he wanted to borrow the place for the weekend, He'd been working so hard those three years, night and day, going back and forth between Jerusalem and Galilee, healing the sick, 
raising the dead, causing the blind to see, dealing with the stress of the crazy folks that call themselves preachers. He just needed a couple of days for a vacation. That's all it was. And even in that, he wasn't really on vacation because he went down into the Barbados part of society and he had to go run a revival meeting. He, had, he was booked, had an engagement that he could not get out of. So he just needed to borrow a place to stash his clothes and his body for about a couple of days. That was all. But they didn't know that. He came to his own. His own received him not. They didn't recognize that he was the one that they were looking for. A whole lot of folks have not recognized the fact that just because you 95 don't mean you dead. Oh, they don't recognize the potential that still lies within you. They don't recognize the possibilities and the things that are still in your head. Even though you may have not be able to get out of the house or you might not be able to walk two steps without going ha-ha-hoo-hoo, they have dismissed. What's in your head? They have dismissed the dreams, the ideas. And worse of all than that, oh, it gets worse. He said, what can get worse than them dismissing me, dismissing yourself? Not fighting for yourself. I said this, and I'm I'm done with you for the day. I don't mean to say it like that. That sounds harsh. I just want to get out your hair. I know you got things to do. Mama Bell's got to go make some major decisions. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah, major decisions. And... Uh, I was sitting on Monday and I having a little caucus meeting, if you will. And in that caucus meeting, I started to look at some pictures, Mama Bell. I looked at pictures and I looked at uh, some things that happened from Thanksgiving and so forth, what we did here at the church and, and then some of the programs that we had and all of the things that we've done over the course of the year. And I I noticed something, Mama Bell. I noticed that I can count on one hand uh, how many folks that uh, was in that little circle, uh, the the ticks, you know, the ticks. You know what a politician is? It's a politics. It's a whole lot of ticks. That's what a politician is. Blood suckers. Always draining you of something. And I noticed that. While I'm begging to have these little blood suckers on my skin draining, I realized that my projects had grown. I looked around and I started seeing people, Mama Bell, that was not in the elite, that was not in the 26% or the 20, 
Yeah, that's the right number. It was in that 74. They were starting to come out. And while the folks were sitting at the house, folding their arms, deciding about what they were going to do with me, waiting to see how an election was going to turn out, there were people who were popping up. And I realized, Mama Bell, that my greatest fear, that the greatest demon that was on me, oh, you won't survive without this room. You won't make it without this clan. You won't be able to get anything done without this group. This, these folks are going to make sure that you drown in the bottom of the river. Well, they've all tried. And every time I end up in the river, somehow it gets a little bit of sugar and a couple of lemons and turn into lemonade. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. His own didn't recognize who he was. But guess what happens at the end? To him that did come, to those who decided to move on, not just beyond the circumstances of the people, but beyond the circumstances of their own mind, to those who decided to move on, they got power. And this morning, you and I have power. And so if I had to name this little subject matter today, it would come out a little something like this. I thank you for ignoring me. I really, really do. And I hope this morning as you look back over your life and you ponder over your husbands and wives and children and all sorts, just look at I thank you for what you did to me. I really, really do. Because if I had gotten what I wanted from you, I wouldn't have what I have now. If I had time, I'd go back and tell you, I just wanted to succeed a little bit. I called the lady, had a little matchbox on 35th Street, wasn't big enough to put two cars in it. But I'm so glad that they set me up and shot me in the foot, pushed me out. If they had, I wouldn't have ran for office. Mama Bell, we wouldn't have played at Freemason Street Baptist Church. We wouldn't have had a phone line that drew some 30 or 40 people on a Thursday morning at 6.30. We wouldn't have had any of that. We wouldn't have took 20-something-plus people and rode them around a community that most of them had never even seen, heard of, or thought they belonged in. We wouldn't have done any of that. So I thank you. I thank you for dismissing me.
Because if you had to know, if you had to know what dismissing would have done, I guarantee you would have left me alone. And if they had known that it would have got you where you are, they would have left you alone too. So as Brother Dennis comes to pray for you, I took way more of your time than I wanted. I do appreciate you. As he comes to pray, I hope that this is the pillar of therapy for you. That you will let it go. Stop talking about what it did to you 50 years ago. It made you better. Stop rehearsing over what happened to you. It made you better. You are who you are because of what they did to you. We cannot see through tear dim drop eyes. Our God is powerful and strong and overpowers the storms that lie. Brother Dennis. Good morning. Let's pray. Father God, first of all, we want to thank you. Thank you for what you've done for us. I know as I look back over my life, and hopefully you do the same since you made a decision, since I made a decision to follow Jesus and to dedicate my life to God, the changes that have happened, not only to myself, my family, but people that I've come in contact with. And I think we have to give that all to the Lord. You know, sometimes we think we are what's important, but we know that God is what's important. So he guides us, he leads us. He protects us, and we thank him for that. We thank him that he watches over our family, our friends, our acquaintances. We thank him that he protects us and gives us the light that's the end of the tunnel. He gives us the book to follow that light, and he gives us the strength to face whatever we come across, whether it be physical, mental. There are always battles, always battles that we'll have to fight, but as long as we're fighting them for God, and for his purpose, we will come out on the other side. And we want to thank him for that. And we thank him that he guides us and gives us all the glory and give him all the glory for what he does, not only today, but what he has in store for us tomorrow as we prepare for the celebration of his birth. We need to prepare for our own celebration of our own rebirth. We just thank you, Lord. Protect us, guide us. Keep us safe until we get together again. In your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless. Have a great week. Amen.